In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Um, welcome to today's Bible study in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is going to be the last Bible study for the year because next Wednesday we are going to be joining, you know, the headquarters fasting and prayer would have started and everybody needs to like i've been saying everybody needs to go and hide their heads and go and do their own prayers for the new year so there won't be bible study next week so um for this final bible study we are going to be looking at the faithfulness of god but we are going to look at it in a different way and I pray that we are blessed in Jesus' name. So, if you have your Bible, please open to Matthew 25. We are going to read a parable. Matthew 25, I'll read from verse 1. I'll implore all of us to read Matthew 23, Matthew 24, Matthew 25. Basically, from Matthew 25, 23 to the end of the book. It is quite, it's quite, that section is quite an high opener. It would be wonderful if each one of us read it. So Matthew 25, I'll read from verse 1. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they slumbered and they slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there, be, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, then he concludes the parable by saying, Watch therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This parable was to reinforce something the Lord said in Matthew chapter 24, saying, Behold, if they say he is there, believe them not. If they say he is in the desert, don't answer them. Because as the lightning goes from the east to the, from one end of the sky to the other and everybody sees it, so shall the coming of the son of man be then he now gets to chapter 25 and starts to give a number of parables concerning the coming of the son of man the first parable here is the virgins which he comes by saying watch therefore 
but you notice that it wasn't just watch therefore does not mean just be expectant because all the ten virgins were expectant it's just that the wise ones did something in 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 addition to their expectation so it's not just about watching therefore it is also what you do while you watch so watching does not mean just be expecting watching means means preparing watching means getting ready another version says this is why you should stay awake or an alert because you don't know the day that the son of man will come there if you keep reading that chapter you see the parable of the talent and maybe one day we'll look at that parable because i always find it quite i found it quite interesting if your defense you know if your defense for having one talent and hiding it is that you intend to say uh, i know you are a, you are a hard and a difficult man you are trying to profit where you did not sow even if that was your defense you know by the time the you saw what the way he rewarded the first servant who had who had five and made five more by then you saw the way that one got rewarded and he saw the way the second one got rewarded if that servant had any sense he would have changed the story because the story was about to show of the was about to tell of the master being a hard man false his theory fell flat in the face of the action of the master to the other two servants he said he's a hard man yet the, the master commended the other two by saying oh good and faithful servant you have been faithful over a few things i will make you ruler over many things you come and say <laughs> you you want to reap where you did not sow that was your story but the person in question here is, is already was already setting servants over territories so your theory doesn't work that that was the point you should have prostrated and said excuse me sir forgive my stupidity he didn't do that and we know all of us know what happened but that's not the focus for today that was just by the way we are looking at the parable of the foolish of the virgins you know, they said the scripture said that five were wise and, and, and five were foolish. So the first question is what made those ones foolish? Because that a person is called foolish does not mean they have no wisdom at all. And you know, um that they were called foolish doesn't mean that they had no it doesn't mean that there was no iota of wisdom anywhere because these virgins were these five foolish virgins they were wise enough they had the wisdom to remain virgins they had the wisdom to be properly dressed for the ceremony they had the wisdom to take lamps and to put oil in their lamps so their failure was that according to scripture was that they failed to get x to take extra oil with them and what that means is that you when what the, the connotation today is that when, when your level is not when your level of wisdom does not equal or surpass the challenge in front of you 
then the result of what happen what happens next is what will make you look foolish so you know that the foolishness of these other virgins was that their wisdom was inadequate their wisdom was not sufficient it wasn't pointing to a lack a complete lack of wisdom it was like the wisdom they had did not equate did not match up to the situation on ground the situ and and this is how you know because in verse 5 it says but while the bridegroom was delayed they all slumbered and slept if the bridegroom was not delayed, do you think they would still have been called foolish? Anyone? If if no. would they have been foolish if if the bridegroom came on time? Foolishness would not have shown. So they would not have been called foolish if the bridegroom was on time. They made it to the wedding, and everything would have gone just fine. But the fact that the bridegroom delayed was what revealed that their preparation was inadequate. So for us, when we when we are not prepared to the degree of the challenge that is before us, we end up looking foolish like these virgins. Therefore, if the if you got this one lesson number one is that we must always keep hardened to our wisdom in a wide variety of ways so that there never comes a situation that that will cause us to be labeled foolish there is hardened to your there there are all there are different kinds of wisdom there's spiritual wisdom maybe in the new year we'll do something about spiritual intelligence but there is there is wisdom in uh, in the way you handle the things of god there is wisdom in the way you interact with fellow men there is wisdom for how you interact with a colleague or a boss or a business partner or something every facet of the life of a man requires wisdom and if we do not grow in that wisdom if we not grow if we do not grow in 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 wisdom we tend there will come a time where the limit of our up of our wisdom will be reached and anything beyond that it will be obvious that this one has shortcomings you know one of the things the 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 scripture says that when they saw the disciples they perceived that they were they had been with Jesus. But the other thing they also perceived was that they were unlearned men. So even though they perceived that they were with the Lord Jesus, they also perceived that those men were unlearned. So, you know, uh, like I said, the lack of extra hall would not have been an issue if the bridegroom was not late. But you know that the way life is, if if every if all of us could predict you know if all of us could set a schedule and everything went according to that schedule how great do you think it would be 
if you said like oh by december 2020 how many of us made new year resolutions church how many of us made new year resolutions i refuse to make one why didn't you make new year resolutions the people that made new year resolutions how many of them did you stick to okay let me ask another question how many of us use this bible app on our phone you version yes sir how many of us have a streak going on on that on that version uh? <laughs> so you just you you even though the the phone was reminding you a bit the, the app reminds you every day to read to open it doesn't it do that <laughs> yet the streak broke shay it's not just it's not just you my own streak also disappeared and and it, it it crushed my spirit if i could put it that way so i don't care for that streak anymore we just blame the devil you can't blame the devil you blame yourself <laughs> praise the lord so but the 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 issue is that there are, there are always situations and situations would always require a level of wisdom but looking at this matter from the perspective of the faithfulness of god let me first show you a passage of scriptures let's open to psalm 125 because many times it's easy to look at you know if there's one thing about we children of god in this generation like the lord jesus was saying to the pharisees you you people use if you read i think it's matthew 23 the kind of rebuke that Jesus rebuked them is the kind of rebuke of somebody that, that knew that they were going to kill him soon anyway. He totally, you know, Jesus was saying, you people, you Pharisees, you say, um, if we were alive in the days of our fathers, you, we would not have killed the prophets. And in, in that process, you admit that you are children of the people that kill the prophet so in a bit to say we are better than our fathers they ended up admitting that they are sinners along with their fathers you know it's easy to look at things that happened in scripture days and say and say if it was me not a chance it could have happened to me until something less than that happens and you run so psalm 125 verse 3 it says for the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity what that means is that there there are there are things that can happen in the life of the righteous that can that can push the righteous to deepen their hand in iniquity another version says 
uh, Amplified Bible Classic Edition says, For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest upon the land of the uncompromisingly righteous, lest the righteous God's people stretch forth their hands to iniquity and apostasy. That means there is a level of wickedness that can happen to a child of God that can push that child of God into things that they should not get into. So when 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 a child of God says, me, I can't, me, I can't, me, I can't, the Bible here is saying that the, if the scepter of the wicked rests upon the lot of the righteous, there is the possibility that the righteous can stretch forth their hand into iniquity and into apostasy. Okay, let me let me read another scripture. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. I'll read verse 22. This is another similar scenario. Matthew 24 verse 22. It says, And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. Said, but for the elect's sake, those days were shortened. Those days will be shortened. Another version says, and if those days had not been shortened, no human being would endure or survive. But for the sake of the elect, God's chosen ones, those days will be shortened. So you see, another passage pointing to the fact that if God did not do something, even the elect will not be saved. Even if God does not shorten the time and the day, then even the elect will not be saved. And in that psalm we read, if the rod of the wicked rest upon the lot of the righteous, then there is the possibility that the righteous might dip their hand into iniquity. The scepter speaks of authority. So when it says the scepter of wicked shall not rest upon the land or lot of righteous, it means the, 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 if, the, if the wicked ends up having authority over the portion of the righteous, then the righteous might dip his hand into iniquity and apostasy. And so because of these possibilities that exist, you know, like I said, people like to say, me, over my dead body. When Jesus was talking to his disciples, somebody will betray me. The Bible says all of them said, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. Uh, betray you, Bible. Betray you. You know all sorts of things that men said. We can't betray you, and all of that. And the Lord Jesus was saying, hmm. essentially, you know, Apostle Peter likes to. Is the one that likes to always is the ringleader. We say 
is that the prosecutor that will always say, no, no, Lord, it's not possible, like his father. And of course, we know that the apostle was, was old enough to be, well, let me not go into all of that tonight. But basically, it is possible, there is a passage I want to read for us in, in um, I think, who said that? I think it was James that said that. First uh, Corinthians 10. Let me read First Corinthians 10, verse 13, I believe. Verse 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you, except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. Say, but God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able? But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I read it again. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God, who is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation would always make the way of escape that you may be able to bear. So while men are generally saying, nah, it's not it's impossible, it can't be me. You know, people like Apostle Peter, it can't be me, I cannot deny you. The Lord Jesus said, Look, you will deny me before the call crowds and then at some point the lord said look you have, you have prayed for, if not that i have prayed for you that your faith should not fail and then when you are converted go and strengthen your brethren that first corinthians 10 13 what it means in other words is that there are temptations that are beyond what a man can bear there are, temp there are temptations that if God allows all those temptations to come to a man, there is a chance that the man will not be able to bear it. Therefore, the faithfulness of God is such that, number one, God puts a lead on the kind of temptations that can come your way. God draws a line even for Satan, for the kind of temptations that can come your way. And God makes sure that in that old temptation that Satan is trying to bring your way, there is an exit. There is an exit. So God faithfully makes sure that, that we don't encounter, it is in God's faith, according to that passage, it is by God's faithfulness that he makes sure that we don't encounter things that would normally overpower us. And what that means for me and you is that when, whatever we encounter, the reason God allows that encounter to come, it doesn't matter how big it is. The reason God eventually allows that thing to get to your neighborhood is that God knows that you can handle it. God, look at the, the story between God, Satan, and Job. 
God said, have you considered my servant Job? There's nobody like him in the entire world. At the end of the day, God was right. Because everything Satan did to that man, God knew that Job could handle all those things. Even though Job himself did not know that he could handle those things. So it, 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 this is one of the things that temptations do for us. Temptations reveal the extent of the workings of God in our lives. Many times until you are tested in a particular matter, you, you, you are not sure that sometimes it is God, God already knows that you can handle it. That's why he allowed the temptation. That's what 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says. But now sometimes to convince you of his strength that is at work in your own life by God's faithfulness, he allows that thing to come so that when you overcome it, you know you are strengthened, you are encouraged in the fact that the workings of God has reached a certain level in your life. So you are God, God uses temptations to convince you. There are different uses of temptation. God uses it to, to try. God uses, uses temptation as a stepping stone for promotion. Uses all this, but one of the uses of temptation is that God uses it to convince you, you as a person of His faithfulness. So when a situation comes at you that seems bigger than you, the first confidence you must have is in the faithfulness of God that will not have allowed that to come at you if you know if if god knew that you won't be able to handle it so now the situation has come so the first thing that you should do when a situation shows up like that is not to start jiltering is not to start worrying around is not to start stressing is to look up to heaven and say father i thank you because you would not have allowed this matter to show up in my affairs if you didn't think i was big enough to handle it so the first thing that any situation must give you is confidence in the work of the holy ghost in your life not running around and thinking, oh my God, how am I going to deal with this problem? Nope. We must learn to reverse what Satan is trying to put on us. Satan wants to put fear in you. Satan wants to terrify you. Satan wants to wants you to run. But God, that's why that passage says, but God is faithful. That means... If it ever turns up, it is for your good. It doesn't matter how bad it is. If you if it turns up in your life, it is because the Father knows you can handle it. And he wants to reveal himself and his glory in you. So like I said, God sometimes allows challenges to show us the level, the potency, and the power of his workings in our life. Sometimes God needs to, is like, you know, I'm, I'm sure some of us remember this story of when there was, uh, you know, all, all this crisis between the Ephes and the Mundakekes, and, and um, you know, people who go and do um, charm that would, 
so that if you shoot at them the bullet would won't eat them or the bullet will eat them and will just fall off like nothing happened you know after after you have won all that armor and all those all the things that the juju man did for you after you have won everything like that then they need to test it abina they need to test it so i heard the story of these two guys that went to the juju man and said can you please help us do this charm so that um i had two stories actually one that said help us do this charm that if you if we shoot if they shoot at us because we are going to fight if they shoot at us so it won't kill us so juju man did the juju and all that and when it was time to test it one of them had the good sense to say uh let us put it on the neck of a goat first so they put the charm on the neck of a goat and shot at the goat eh? scattered the goat and killed the goat if he had put it on his neck and they had shot at him i had another one where the babalao was so confident of his own charm that he put it on his neck <laughs> that's how they blew off the head of of the babalao <laughs> lord have mercy you know so but but it, it, god in, i said that to show that many times when god is harming you with all sorts of things you many times you don't even know your own spiritual stature so when god wants to show you your spiritual stature he allows something that you think is bigger than you to come at you i'll give an example um this servant of god baba Umaupai. all of us have heard the name before he had been praying for a while and god used me god used me god used me and all that he was at the time he was living in an uncompleted building and people will see him there. Many people saw him there and thought, this one is mad. This one is not normal. How can you be living in an uncompleted building? But the man, the Baba didn't have anything. And so he, he lived in the building and just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Nothing spectacular happened. Jesus did not come. As far as I remember the story, Jesus did not come down from heaven. Angel did not visit. The Baba just kept praying. So one day there was a crusade in that in that neighborhood, and I think the guest mini, the guest minister they so they had arranged the crusade and all that, and then the guest minister got wind of the kind of witchcraft, you know, got wind of the kind of witchcraft that 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 they practice in that neighborhood. <laughs> so when the day of of of, of um, crusade came the guest minister did not turn up guest minister absconded literally and so now they had the old crusade set up and there was nobody to preach that's how somebody said oh, that one that calls himself pastor that is in living on computer building like a crazy man go and call him let us see uh, uh, this is the day that we would embarrass him and we will we will see all his preaching and all his prayer and all the things he has been doing. Today is the day we embarrass him in public. Go and call him. That's how they went to call the Baba. And he followed them. And then he got to the he got to the crusade ground. By the time he started, the miracles. 
the healings. The spectacular, powerful manifestation of God that turned up in that meeting. By the next day, the place was overfilled. And that was how he started to operate that way. And like that and like that in his ministry. But it was adversity that revealed what God had been building and depositing in his life. If the other guest minister did not abscond, God will still have found another way to announce his minister to the world. But in that case, it was the fact that this was a man that was completely poor. But it was the fact that the guest minister ran away and they had a crusade set. God had gathered everybody. The guest minister ran away. And then they said, okay, let us embarrass him today. And that let us embarrass him today was the platform for launching the works of God in that Baba's life. For all of us on this prayer, I pray for us in the name of Jesus that everywhere, every look, every area of your life that the enemy has said, I'm going to embarrass this one, I'm going to disgrace this one, I'm going to cause the world to laugh at this one. By the power in the name of Jesus, I declare that all those situations begin to work for your good in the name of Jesus. Everyone that has said that we are going to see how he's going to do it. We are going to see how she's going to do it. We are going to see how he's going to make it. The Lord will cause your testimony to amaze them. You know, like, like Nebuchadnezzar um, threw three three people into the into the fairy furnace but the bible says he suddenly got up in amazement his jaw was open he couldn't close it he said didn't we throw three people why are they four and the fourth one looks like the son of god that will be our testimony in the name of jesus Every, three people went in four people ended up there everywhere that they have they have said it will diminish, you will diminish, you will reduce, you will come to nothing. The Lord will cause you to increase in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So, let's quickly finish this up. So, if God didn't set it such that, if God didn't put his faithfulness on the line, such that he drew a line and said, okay, you cannot tempt this child beyond that which he can undo. And even that, you, there has to be a way of escape. If God didn't do that, Satan would have simply just been overwhelming all of us in multiple ways. Imagine if God didn't give boundaries to Satan in the life of Job. Just imagine what would have done. He would have eventually killed him. Because he would have killed him so he could let people know that, see, the one that served God, God, look at the destruction that happened to him and killed him. He would have killed him to give God a bad name. Say, see, he served God all his life. His children died. His, his business ruined. Ultimately, the man killed him. You see, his, he, he, he got boiled. Ultimately, he's dead. Why? What? Okay, tell me, what is the point of serving this God? But God had drawn a line and said, Satan, you, all, all these ones you can do, but do not touch that man's life. So that that same man will stay alive to testify of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And, and you know, like I said, Satan would have overwhelmed men, uh, us, 
in multiple multiple ways if not for the lines of safety that the lord has drawn because of his faithfulness let me read one passage uh, colossians chapter 2 I read verse 10 it says for in for in him let me read from verse 9 for in him dwells all the fullness of the godhead bodily and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power jesus is not the lord jesus christ is not just the head of angels so he's not just the head of those in heaven is the head of of principle also principalities and power the the spiritual realm is such that god jesus is at the pinnacle of that pyramid but below the but satan principalities powers prince of greece prince of Persia, all those spiritual victories in that places they are at levels below the authority of the lord jesus so you know the lord jesus is not just head over righteous things only in terms of this headship is also a head in terms of authority over principalities over powers and the lord jesus you know the scripture said that he made a public show of them triumphing over them that that was jesus as a as a man that in the express image of god fighting his way to the top of the pyramid that's that's basically how the lord jesus became the head of all those all those things by fighting and destroying and completely embarrassing them so what this means is that for us the ultimate goal you know even though we are seated with christ in heavenly places the ultimate goal is that we be conformed to the image of the lord jesus and for and for and for us the 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 degree of conformity has a a a a a correlation which our spiritual authority which our spiritual influence with our area of influence with our territory of influence and because we are still growing not is not let me let me let me clarify that it is not that we don't have power over we have power over all the forces of darkness and all these things that the, everything satan can do we have power over them because we are more than conquerors but in living out the experience of is like is like a child that was born to be king he has access to all the king all the powers and all everything that comes with royalty he has access to it but that child must grow in knowledge in responsibility in understanding in wisdom in everything to be able to fully maximize the office of a king a child as long as he's a child is treated like a child is under tutors and everything even though his his, his, his destiny is to be the master of the entire castle but until he becomes a son, mature son, he doesn't exercise all that right. So what God does is that while we are in the process of growing from a baby in the Lord to maturity as sons, the Lord makes sure that there is a fence that the devil cannot 
bring something that will be beyond the ability you know like we read earlier there is an ability that beyond that even the greatest of us would have problems so god make sure that something that will overwhelm that is why as all of us are now we are likely to have the problems of a geo right or wrong is anybody still here Yes, sir. Uh, all, uh, how many of you here have the same problems as G, as daddy yeah. how many of you are likely to face the, the same demons that he deals with very unlikely okay so you get my point because it is it is a thing of authority is a thing of influence is the thing of spiritual hierarchy and all that for example now the majority of of human beings would you know the way we all blame satan for everything the truth of the matter is that many many human beings in this world will never never meet satan on this planet is that true now i'm not saying satan in terms of 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 you know the works of darkness satan the person you know, many people are going to get born again that the first time they will ever see the Lord Jesus Christ will be when they get to heaven. Yes or no? Yes. In similar manner, many, many people are never going to see Satan as in the entity Satan as in Lucifer himself. Many, many people are not going to see it until the end of the end of the end. Because... Hmm. You know, I, 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 imagine if Satan visits a a, a newborn, a, 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 a somebody that recently just got born again, some that has no knowledge of their authority in God and all of that. If Satan finish meets that person on the way, what do you think would happen? Anyone? Anybody? Um. The person will be converted back to the devil. Okay, and another opinion. Somebody just got born again. No knowledge of the authority in Christ. No knowledge of who they are. No knowledge of anything. They just somebody just somebody just preached somewhere and they just heard and they gave their life. And the next thing they met, they met the devil. What do you think they'll do? The person is likely to panic. The person is like maybe they would person will even, have you initially maybe the person will start screaming their father's name before they even remember to say the name of Jesus and all of that. But on on the contrary, there uh, the, there was a servant of God that went to minister somewhere and the devil was so upset that that he, he went to the minister's house and scattered his study, and and when the man servant of God got downstairs, he, he realized it was the devil. Like, oh. Is you and the man went back to bed. He didn't even cast him out, he literally ignored him and went to bed. Literally, like, oh, it's you left, you know, all things like that. I, 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 I heard of another servant of God that was supposed to do a class, a teaching in the morning, and and he couldn't start the teaching on time. When he came, he was like, uh, what happened was that. <laughs> during the course of the night lucifer visited this room and they start and they were having a go at each other they were at it for more than four hours you know 
I don't want to go. To, I don't want to even start. But the name of Jesus in the mouth of of <clears throat> of of somebody of uh, the name of Jesus is not the same in the mouth of everybody. Uh, yes or no? Anyway, yeah. let's leave it alone. But the point is, while we grow in maturity and authority, the Lord makes sure that there is a hedge around us because of His faithfulness that doesn't allow us to get to start. To, to get into things that overwhelm us. Many people say they go in the name of the Lord, they go and enter into territories that the, the anointing they have is not strong enough for, and they end up in trouble. But God helps us, God keeps us, because He's a faithful God. doesn't allow us to be tempted beyond our capacity. Satan will not, God will not let Satan visit you. Because God knows that you are not yet ready for that conversation. But the day the Holy Ghost finishes cooking you, even if Satan comes with all the cords of hell against you, they will not win. So, for example, in the case of the virgins where we started from, the way of escape from the consequence of, of the lateness of the bridegroom was the provision of the sellers of oil. And the sellers of oil in that case could be the Holy Spirit himself, who is the anointer, who is the custodian of the anointing, or it could be men that the Lord has raised up principally for the work of equipping the saints. So the sellers of oil in that story, you know, they, they said, God, you, you, you know where the sellers are, go and get, go and get your own, go and buy. So the, the, the way of escape from the, from, from the, the way God, the way to, to bulletproof or to future proof themselves, even though all of them were virgins dressed up for the wedding and they all had lamp and they had oil, the way to future-proof themselves was that they had to go to the sellers of oil. They, uh, eventually, all of them went to the sellers of oil. True or false? True. So it was a question of timing. The ones that went, the, the, the ones that went for early, the wise ones went early. They got their oil. The foolish ones eventually went to the same sellers that the wise ones got it from. So when you see, well, as a child of God, the things that you don't learn in in the things you don't learn when you are supposed to learn them, you are also that is why we say that nobody skips classes in the school of the spirit because the class you skip will come back to bite you. So we must take that God are in his own faithfulness has made provisions. God will never leave us without help. He will never leave us without a way of escape. But many times the way of escape has something that we ourselves need to do. You know, there are two major kinds of evil in the world. There, 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 there are two major kinds of evil. There, there, there is the evil that God lets us to lets us pass through. That kind of evil, those those kinds of evil, they are they are many times there's a lesson in there, there's a training in there, there is a point God is making to us, and there's something God is trying to teach us. So he lets us to pass through that evil. Whether it is through the waters or through the fire, it's not going to touch us because it's there with us. But there are also the evils that it does not allow to come near us. 
sometimes sometimes those kind of evil they carry an element of destruction that we cannot yet handle so god makes sure that that kind of evil does not even come anywhere near us yet but there are some that he allows to teach us to guide us to help us so always remember that the faithfulness of god has made provisions number one so that you do not face something that is bigger than you so whatever you face right now let it be burned in your soul let it be written on the tablet of your heart that if you are facing it the reason is because god knows you can deal with it god has many of us god has more confidence in 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 us that we do in ourselves god is the one that molded us and formed us he knows what he put he knows what he put inside every one of us he can see the workings of the holy ghost in our lives he can see us growing he can see us maturing he can see us going higher and higher and higher but because men are sometimes conditioned to see the worst of themselves they do not see that which God is doing. So God comes and says, okay, let this happen. So he can see that greater is he that is in him than he that is in the world. Let this happen. So he can see that I have power to save to the uttermost. Let this happen. So that he can see that I am the God who provides a way of escape. But if when God provides that way of escape, it is on us to take it. The sellers did not close shop. The sellers of oil did not close shop. The sellers of oil did not say there is no oil. The sellers of oil did not say we don't have any container for oil. The sellers of oil were there and they were always there. But the foolish virgins did not take advantage of the sellers of oil. And when that gap when that gap came, when the bridegroom came late, the foolishness of their action was revealed. There is the, all of us have seen this. Um, I'll close with this in this funny movie. It's a Jackie Chan movie. How many of us have seen? Uh, what's the name of that movie now? Where he had to practice seven moves. Um, each one was a different style that he had to practice and all of that. And he had a master, I think it was drunken master or something like that. And and he had to practice seven different moves. And you know, many times when he's practicing, the the master is watching him. Sometimes the master is half asleep, but the man is still watching. There was a particular move that he failed to practice. If you remember the movie. He, he, the master said, Have you practiced? He said, Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. I know that one. And then the master left it alone. And one day they were going somewhere. That was how they met the enemy of the master. And you know, the master being confident said, Ah, Jackie, you can you can you can deal with this one. So he said, Okay, Jackie, go. So the master starts to call the name. The master will call the style. Jackie will do it. And then the master called that particular one. <laughs> and Jackie said, ah, I forgot to practice. How many of you remember what happened to that movie? They beat, they they beat the living daylight out of him. He said he had to eventually run away. That is what happens when we don't fully complete lessons in the school of the Holy Ghost. That is why many people, when Satan comes, that is the reason many are unable to stand. Because when God gave the the when God came with the instructions and said, "Do twenty five push-ups," that is to say. 
maybe do 20 days fasting and prayer pray one hour every day for seven days fast unto me for three days do this spiritual weightlifting read 10 scriptures of the bible in a day you said ah it's fine i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it and you never do it the day you will need the muscle that you should have built that is the day your foolishness will be revealed to everybody may the lord give us understanding in jesus name wherever we are let's just bad our ways and just thank god for his faithfulness the god that will not leave us exposed to the wiles of the devil the god that will not leave, leave us at the mercy of wicked men just say lord i thank you for your faithfulness you are the god that will not leave us to the whims imagine if god left us <laughs> to the to the whims of wicked men imagine if god left us that the devil could do whatever he wanted you know how many people the devil will have all the people that are not saved on the planet today, you think if the devil had the capacity to kill all of them and drag them to hell, you think he won't do it. He will do it. Because that will be a lot of harvest to his kingdom. He will do it. But because even the ones that are not yet saved, the Lord has not given him permission to just be killing like chicken. Killing like flies. That is why many people will still find salvation because the Lord has not allowed the enemy to snuff out their life. So let's just say, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank him for his faithfulness this evening. Say, Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you because you will never let me face something that I cannot handle. You will never let me face something that the strength of the Holy Ghost in me will not be able to handle. If I've any, thank him also. Now begin to thank God because whatever situation you are facing, it is done. You are overcome. You are an overcomer. Begin to declare over every situation and circumstances. I am an overcomer. Whether it is financial, say Lord, I am an overcomer. Whether it is economical, that is relationship, whatever thing, begin to declare that Lord, I thank you because I'm an overcomer. I thank you because this situation is not bigger than me. I thank you because the power of the Holy Ghost is in me. I win. Begin to declare, I win in the name of Jesus. I win, I win. Nothing can stop me. Nothing can overwhelm me. I'm powered by the Holy Ghost. I am powered by the wisdom of an eye. Liko ya baketose, aila mano seveli taile bare rito kuzesa na majatoski abaratosi. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just, just begin to give God praise as we round up this evening, Father. We thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Yeah, unshakable, unshakable God. Thank you, thank you, thank you because we cannot fail, because we cannot fall, because we cannot falter, because we have you, and because you will not you will not allow the enemy to overwhelm us. You will not allow the devil to overwhelm us. We give you glory. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your faithfulness in our lives from, from, from birth up until this present moment. Many, many instances we can point to that the enemy would have loved to snuff us out. 
but you said no. Thank you because of the margin of safety. Thank you because of your faithfulness that is sure in our lives. Thank you for providing a way of escape every single time. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that all the ways of escape that you, 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 you build into our situation and circumstances, Lord, help us to take advantage of them. That we would, we would find the sellers of oil and we will make use of the resources you have kept with them. That we will find the Holy Ghost and we, will make, and we would engage with the resources of heaven in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this last Bible study of the year. We thank you because you have helped us. Thank you because next year you will help us the more. You will expand us. You will cause us to go further, faster in the name of Jesus. I commit everyone here unto the hands of the Lord. That Lord, you bless them and you help them. You give them a wonderful Christmas and end of the you give each one a hand of the year gift in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas in Jesus' name. God bless you.